0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: No one is 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 is, is more locked in. from Thursday to Monday. No one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipona. Well, it wasn't the best weekend of football, but it certainly ended with some hilarity and some drama. Welcome in, first and pod, every game, every team, every week. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filippone, divisional rounds coming to you Sunday night after Cowboys and Niners. And, uh, Pony, I called it on Twitter, the Mike McCarthy masterclass. I think there were bigger things than Mike McCarthy, ultimately, uh, in that game. But fourth and five from the San Francisco 40 with six minutes left in the third quarter. Tied 9-9, chooses delay of game, punt. Niners drive down the field, immediately score a touchdown. He never, they never get back to being tied or obviously with the lead. Then he punts with two minutes and 14 seconds left of all of his timeouts from his own 18. Doesn't get the ball back until there's 45 seconds left uh, from his own six-yard line with no timeouts. Dalton Schultz doesn't know the rules, is going backwards on the sideline. Then Dalton Schultz doesn't drag the foot. And then uh, Dak Prescott could have been sacked for a safety on that last drive. And then the hilarious play to end the game with Zeke at center. And the Niners were clearly just like, hey, maybe we should just tackle everybody. And uh, they won the game. That was like a chef's kiss, Mike McCarthy masterclass. I could not have drawn it up any better. I loved every minute of it. What say you?
1: Well, the uh, the Zeke getting pancaked, I <laughs> laughed out loud. I just, yes. I, I can only imagine what San Francisco was doing during that timeout after they saw the formation used to timeout, and everybody on the sideline was like, "What is this? Like, wh- <laughs> what are they going for with this play?" And so. That goes down, and it now, to me, like, the the end-of-game sequence here is, compounds what happened at the end of the game last year against San Francisco with the DAC run. And from that standpoint, I think Jerry Jones could look at it and say, in these game management situations, Mike McCarthy just puts me at a competitive disadvantage, and it's happened two years in a row now with – all the time that went off the clock too when he decided to punt. Um, yeah, Olsen was all over that. Olsen had that a great was, game. He, he was good. He I I agree. I thought he was I thought he was good. I thought he was good. He talked about that touchdown run where the right tackle basically blocked two guys to open up that hole. I thought that was very observant of him.
2: He was um, he was all over the Dalton Schultz not going forward. Well, Schultz the- looked like he was
1: shaving points there. There <laughs> yeah. needs to be an investigation into what he was doing. At the end of the game, he looked like he had Niners minus three and a half. But uh, I actually think, and I'm, I'm going to be very curious. Most people that get this podcast, you know, will either listen very late at night here or early in the morning, and then once that happens, you know, we'll see where the sports news cycle goes. But I'm very interested to see if the focus is on McCarthy. Or if it's on Dak. Because for me, it should be on Dak. I think what McCarthy did obviously clearly were were bungled uh, gaps late in the game. But I thought overall, look at the totality of the game. The game was there for Dak to win it, and he didn't do it. And the Gallup throw downfield before the stupid punt is an example where he's got to make that throw. His interceptions where they were on the field when they happened. You know, the first interception creates points for San Francisco. The Niners only scored one touchdown in this game. That should have been enough for the Dallas Cowboys to win. And I thought Dak played, I know, against a really good defense, but I thought he played a poor game
2: in a big spot. Poor is is being generous. So so two things. Jerry Jones was actually very level-headed – right after the game, very un like he, he said that, you know, uh, Brett Maher redeemed himself with the two made kicks. He was happy for him and that the end-of-game situation would have no impact on how he felt about Mike McCarthy or his job status. But he said it was a devastating loss, but he seemed to take firing McCarthy off the table. You know I obviously disagree with that. I think he's got two better coaching candidates on his staff uh, than Mike McCarthy, But, dude, Dak was awful. Dak had two picks. He could have had four. He should have ended the game on a pick six. Uh, And I think it was Greenlaw who dropped it. Um, I mean, I told you on Thursday that I wasn't convinced that Dak was much better than Purdy. And Purdy wasn't great by any means. But which one looked like they were getting paid over $40 million a year? Like, Dak... Led the league in interceptions this year and was bad. And your point that stuck with me a lot during the week of like, yeah, the Niners are the number one ranked defense, but Jared Stidham just put up 34 on him. So we're not talking about the 2000 Ravens was, I thought, a totally fair one. But the Cowboys couldn't move. The I ball. thought the
1: plays were there. I did not think that he was under siege in a way where I felt sorry for him. I know the Pollard thing happened, which was, you know, of course. You take away your dynamic playmaker, but
2: broken Gigula, talk- by the way. That came oh. out post game. So well, but you, like, you said,
1: like you said though about the money for Dak, the guy that comes in is the highest paid running back in the league. So I yep. don't have a lot of empathy for you in that yep. situation. You've got another guy to turn to, and all things considered, it wasn't like Elliot had a bad game when he needed when they were in short yarded situations. He came through for them, so you know I really put it. I really put it on the quarterback. He makes a better throw to Gallup, even with some situational football miscues. They're in position. They're cooking. They're in business on that last drive, and and he missed him. So
2: what do you what do you make what do you think they were going for the the last play at the end of the game because. It, I, everyone's going to comp it to the Colts play, right?
1: The, that the Chuck Colts... Pagano play, that's the first thing that popped into my head, yeah.
2: Yeah, I I was thinking, I was wanting to make a, a movie reference, the scene in Indiana Jones when the dude just starts doing all of the sword tricks, and then Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, just takes out the gun and shoots him in the face. It's like, they, they were doing all these fancy things. They had all the offensive linemen outside the hash marks, the timeout was called. The the ref announced that Zeke was ineligible, but then Greg Olson's pointing out that you could lateral to him. Then Shanahan calls the timeout. Everyone's doing all these things. It's kind of confusing. Do you
1: think that they'll keep it hush-hush because McCarthy is still convinced that the play will work?
2: Yeah, Do dude, they- I don't I don't know. But I, it was like the Niners on the sideline were just like, um, maybe we should just hit everybody. Like they yeah. bull, they bull rushed Zeke and then they threw it in the middle of the field when there were no blockers and yeah. the dude just got lit up. It was just like, oh, fancy sword trick, don't matter. Pull the trigger. Like it was, it was comical. And the other I thing that never
1: came up before ahead. that. Sorry to cut you off, but the other thing that, that I thought was at least worthy of a quick conversation was why did Turpin fair catch that ball at the six yard line? isn't the risk reward there yeah. if you move out of the way force them to try to keep the ball in and if they do if they execute it and they get it at like the one or two yard line okay that sucks but the difference in 5 yards to me cost benefit in it. okay still though i at yeah, truth-
2: but I, I think i think it's i think time of like ball bounces around and then settles and instead of 45 seconds it's 40 seconds that's you know but dude, I mean they they, <laughs> they should have gone first of all they should have never punted in the third quarter you punting on fourth and five from the other team's 40 is just pathetic uh and then I know it was fourth and 10 from your own 18 with just over two minutes left and you had all time all timeouts. I understand <laughs> that but you're punting from your you know you're at your own 18 so like if if uh, if Mitchell doesn't run out of bounds, they never even get the ball back. And the last play of their season's a punt. I guess that's better than the last play of your season being a carnival show. Mm-hmm. But like, it was it was just crazy conservative game management again by Mike McCarthy. The guy just doesn't learn. I kind of like I, learned last week when he went for it when Aikman was saying take the well, points. In and and his, four and and four his
1: first more. year, I think what happened was he came back into coaching and then he said, like, I studied all this analytical stuff and they lost games because of it, They're, that first year there in Dallas and they were a bad team. And, like, I think he swore to himself he was never going to be that guy again and it manifests in ways like this. But to me, the play of the game, and I honestly think, I think if the game's in Dallas, I don't think they get the call. I thought the kid will hold – was a pretty weak call on third down. I think he sold it. I mean, he went down. He was very, you know, he's very over the top in it. It worked. It was a, it was a, there was contact. But if you think about it, like, the ball snapped and Purdy's like, gets sacked. As, I mean, the it was not a, he's looking at the tight end. He's looking at Kittle. He keeps the ball because of the contact. He was, I mean, that, <laughs> that's that was an automatic first down that extended that. That was third down. Yeah. I mean, that was, that that's a field goal right there. And instead it turns into a touchdown for San Francisco. So Kittle was great. I think he reminded people <coughs> just how good he is.
2: McCaffrey uh, was clearly banged up. They were With only the keeping him in a third down. Yeah. Um, Purdy obviously didn't look very good. Dallas's defense disrupted him and he didn't do anything to elevate their offense. I expected. I expected the game to be a little bit more high scoring, uh, and them to be able to move the ball uh, on Dallas a little bit. That's going to be a crazy matchup. Obviously, we'll do another podcast previewing uh, Championship Sunday. But Niners survive in advance. Dallas goes out in hilarious fashion, and they haven't made a championship game since '95. It's just insanity. yeah. I know it's, it's it's twelve straight playoff appearances now without making. The championship game, which is an NFL record for Dallas. It's crazy. What would you say, like, their biggest need this offseason is another playmaker? Like, some secondary help? Like I mean, just,
1: <coughs> the other playmaker. Away? Yeah, I've got cracker stuck in my throat. The, uh, <coughs> the other playmaker is always my default take. Yeah. You know, but
2: like, yeah. I mean, a better quarterback, a better coach. Stack is so mediocre, man. He is so mediocre. What do you think he is? A top 15 quarterback? Would you put him 10 to Yeah, 20? but like around there. And I and I and I still think that the guy's in an unbelievably great situation overall. He had two Pro Bowlers on his offensive line, and neither of them were named Tyron Smith. Mm-hmm. He's got CD Lamb. He's got two running backs. He's got a very good tight end. He's got an offensive head coach. He's got a consistent well, play caller. I- I'll say what this right.
1: I'll say this right here. I think the situation to watch for everybody including you guys in Chicago will be what happens with Tampa. I'm guessing that Brady won't be back there. And so once that happens, what decision do they make with their franchise? Do they try to bring in a band-aid quarterback to win right away cuz the division's weak and wide open? Or do they start to get rid of their veteran players? to look towards the future. And if that happens, then Godwin and Evans become like the two biggest names in the off season, probably even bigger than Hopkins. At least I would think Godwin would be because of his age, you know, and those are guys that I would think both of them would fetch,
2: maybe not Evans because he's older, but Godwin would fetch at least a first round pick. You'd think. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I, I did it. I didn't consider Godwin when I went through it a few weeks ago on the show. Evans is 30. Hopkins is 31. So those guys probably get a little bit less, but I mean, Godwin's awesome. Uh, And yeah, I, you know, but I think you said it perfectly. The division's open. So if they think they can get a good quarterback, you know, these teams seem to care about nine and 10 win seasons and first round playoff exits. I wouldn't care at all. And the other one will be, will someone try to buy low on Michael Thomas, even though he's had two
1: injury riddled seasons, Will somebody try to get him and hope that it's not like a Julio
2: Jones in Tampa and Tennessee situation? All right, let's go to Bill's Bengals. Do you believe, because I've been guilty of this too, I think most, a lot of people have, we've said Mahomes won and then Allen Burrow or Burrow Allen 2-3-3-2. Do you believe that after this game, this performance – it will now be a consensus opinion that Joe Burrow is better than Josh Allen? Uh, Yes. Yeah, I do. You
1: know, Josh Allen, I don't think he's going to get blamed for this game in a way that like, you know, the stat line is so bad and there's big turnovers. Like he did not have – the turnover thing happened to him in this game, like it did last week against Miami. You know, he, for the most part kind of cut that out, but he threw a pick. Yeah. But it, what, you? but you know, you know what I mean? It's not like he was making these like, Oh my God, boneheaded, like yeah brain fart situations. He was so, not overtly. <clears throat> it's just that the other guy was so much better. It's just that burrow, like there's a calming presence about him where like, He just seems so unnerved and he never gets rattled. And that composure started from the very beginning of the game and he's winning road playoff games. He's done it now in the snow in Buffalo and he did it at Arrowhead last year. Like, yeah, he should be the number two quarterback in the league. And look, I'm not sure he's going to be number two. We'll talk about it on Thursday, but I don't know how long he'll be number two if he beats Mahomes again with an asterisk probably. We'll obviously get to that, but I mean, what else does he have to do? The Bengals were a hapless, woe franchise that never won playoff games and had a cheap owner and were looked at as one of the sad sack organizations in professional sports. And in the span of three years, he's completely changed that. So he better be the second best quarterback in the league.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that it is a no brainer. Um, A few things. I think Josh Allen's going to get a ton of heat. I think that the pressure is going to turn up big time, man. I mean, he had the pick and I could not believe that that fumble was overturned. There were, there were both those calls in this game. I couldn't believe it. Jamar chase caught that ball. So it should have been three touchdowns for burrow. And Josh Allen absolutely fumbled that ball when he got hit. The arm was not going forward. They just came back from a break and they were like, oh, it was overturned during the break. And Allen was back out on the field and then they snapped the ball and they just kept it moving. I was shocked by both uh, replay decisions.
1: I thought that it actually, what you just said there, I thought both of those calls going for Buffalo actually infringed on the integrity of the game. Because they were both, they were. I mean, it, it boggles my mind that in a league that has done everything it can to promote scoring and wants it to be all of this offense and touchdowns and high scoring games, why are they taking touchdowns like the chase play off the board? It's it, it, antithetical it to ev- it's antithetical to everything that the league has tried to do like you would think that their base their baseline rule in that situation would be or standard would be when in doubt just call it a touchdown because they want points. And now we're talking about the ball spinning in a guy's hand. I mean it's completely ridiculous. The only thing I'll say about what you said about the Allen thing is if that ball gets caught by a bangle in the air it's an interception, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, but that's just because of like how they would score a turnover. But I don't think like they wouldn't call it a
1: recovered fumble.
2: I don't think so because it doesn't hit the ground. I think like I think even if you Yeah, but think
1: about it. If a quarterback threw like a throws a throws a lateral backwards and it gets caught in the air
2: and it gets returned, it's not an interception, right? It's a fumble recovery. I know what you're saying. Or if or if you get popped running and scrambling and the ball popped into the air, it's a it's a fumble <laughs> recovery. Yeah. Yeah. I was just surprised. Cause it was it was ruled fumble and they overturned it. Yeah, there was not enough there. There was not there
1: was not what what's the friggin' phrase called?
2: Yeah, like, indisputable, evidence. yeah
1: indisputable. Yeah, indisputable evidence it was yeah. not there.
2: Yeah. So both of those plays shocked me. And then if that is a fumble, it's two turnovers. So Allen. you think
1: that Allen's like you think he's
2: used up all of his goodwill is what your point is? I, I, listen, I I think that Josh Allen and I've been as guilty of it as anybody. He makes unbelievable plays, like and I love those types of guys. Like the 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 best of Josh Allen is amazing. Like it's Herbert, hard. you always say that about him too. Yes, yeah, exactly, similar thing. Like I exactly, and we've seen him be breathtaking in the playoffs, twice. And when when people talk about, well, and in one of those games he lost, it's like, well, yeah, but it wasn't his fault. He wasn't on the field. He didn't choose to not squib kick it. Like, they, Chiefs scored in 13 seconds. Like, Josh yeah. Allen's on the sideline. Like, I'm not going to grade that against Josh Allen. I don't look at wins as QB stats like that. Like, Josh Allen was fucking amazing. Uh, in the playoffs last year, he just didn't happen to win. But he clearly has a turnover issue. And when you get anointed as the preseason juggernaut favorite and the MVP favorite and you're coming off the playoff performance that he had last year and you have the turnovers that he had this year and you don't win and you get outplayed by your rival in, in Burrow and you've been paid already. Like he's been anointed without winning. He hasn't won an MVP and he hasn't won a Super Bowl. Like, the pressure in that situation just turns up. Dude, they scored 10 points today. I know. They scored uh, uh, 10 points at home.
1: I wonder if we're going to get some some medical info that gets leaked from the Allen camp on his elbow to try to Maybe. rationalize or try to defend the way he played in the second half of the year. I could easily see that. You know, if he gets some surgery, gets it cleaned up. You know, it's a minor procedure, but they make it sound like it's actually a big deal to try to defend yeah, may- some of that. Yeah, maybe.
2: I, I, I think I think all the pressure gets turned up because Dable left, Dorsey got an interview for a head coaching job, McDermott was the only defensive coach. Divisional weekend, they score ten points. They haven't won. They haven't gone to a Super Bowl. Like, I just, I just think, I think they are gonna feel a. They got a, they got a older, expensive team. Like, I, I think they are going to feel a ton of pressure going in the next year. And I don't think their roster is going to look that different uh, week week one next year. So I, I just – I think there's going to be a ton of heat on them. And, man, like, their defense was pathetic. I know I know. I know it was a, a week <clears> – <throat> like, a, a tough turf. Like, I didn't think they even talked about that enough. Like, with I thought that the, the snow and the slop – Kind of like was a break for Cincy because of three backup offensive linemen and it wasn't a good pass rush day and the Bills don't have a good pass rush normally. But like their defense was horrifying the whole game. And so they just, they just did not look like a juggernaut for the last, well, six weeks, eight it's weeks. It's honestly, you know, I understand that they were
1: empathetic towards guys who maybe got railroaded when they were a head coach for the first time and we want to see them get a second chance because we think the way that it went down the first time was unfair, but enough of this Leslie Frazier crap. I mean, the way that the chiefs game ended last year with some, with his defense, even after the squib kick with the way they played things, allowing guys to get to the sidelines, you know, and now just the way that they got their, you know, their lunch handed to them. In this game, even I, I, I know Von Miller didn't play, but it should not be that one guy being out uh, is the difference in three backup offensive linemen dominating the line of scrimmage. If it were really about the weather, why didn't Buffalo do that to the Bengals' defensive line? Why was Hendrickson and Hubbard so right. active? Reader and Hill and those guys inside. It was only it only worked one way in this game. The Bills have an offensive line that's pretty good. Singletary's had big playoff games. So it's not like they couldn't have run a lot of read option stuff and had Allen and those running backs just pound the ball on them. I don't think their offensive coordinator is very good. I'll just throw that out there. I wouldn't hire Ken Dorsey. I'm not impressed. What is their offense? What's their offensive identity? Just have Allen chuck the ball downfield and hope for a fucking play? What kind of offense is that?
2: Yeah, it, it was it was not impressive at all. And just so like, we always talk coaching quarterback, right? So we've talked McDermott, we've talked Dorsey, we've talked Allen, we've talked Burrow. Where does Zach Taylor fit into this? They always show up for these games. He's got incredible wins. I know he doesn't have a Super Bowl yet, but I, I'm just like, no one ever, and I'm not saying, I, I don't study the Bengals enough. I don't watch every game. You probably even watch them closer in the AFC North, like, is he an awesome coach? He doesn't get talked I never, about as one. I never thought of him that way. I always thought he was pretty much propped up
1: by Burrow. I think that's been the really kind of the running uh, take on him, that he's just a guy who's in the uh, sidecar, who's just a passenger on the way to their winning. But I will say that defensive coordinator is really good. And so he he put the right people around him. He's got good oh, coordinators. They, they were ready to play. They drove right to play. down the fucking that's field. Ex- that's exactly right. They were ready to play. <laughs> they, had, they had a tremendous defensive game plan. Yeah, I thought he did a great... Like Miami decided last week that they were just going to blitz the hell out of Allen and just try to force him to get the ball out. And I thought Cincinnati mixed it up more. They were blitzing their nickel cornerback Hilton a lot in the second half. No, that was... You're right. I mean, that was... Burrows coolness and ability to always deliver in these games his clutch factor is obviously probably the number one thing, but the next one is you know they're just they're from all across the board, dude, their defense doesn't get enough credit for what they do in playoff games.
2: I agree and, and like we made fun of the the uh being motivated over selling the AFC championship game.
1: The refunds line was hilarious
2: Hila- Hilarious. That guy's
1: so cool. I <laughs> like him so much. It pains me, but I friggin' love Joe
2: Burrow. He's awesome. Yep. He's awesome. Um, the whole the whole thing. Like they clearly, you know, coaching is motivation, figuring out a way to get the guys to believe in a common good. Like he somehow got them to believe that they were totally disrespected. And in some ways they were. Not by selling tickets to an AFC title game, but they were a six-point underdog in this game. They kicked yep. the shit out of the Bills.